0: think that that's literally how I started (laughs) Dang it get this right would you come on um today we're talking about the importance of nature and our want to engage in that and how it's actually like the opposite of normal human behavior to not want to be outside and I can tell you as someone who like Feared slash hated being outside. Hated. Yeah, that's strong. Uh-huh. Would not do it. If you invited me to a outdoor lunch, I'm all the way out. Back in the dizzy, right? Like, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to handle the elements. And listen, still, if you try to invite me out to a veranda and it's windy, like I'm not in. I do not like wind. I will not like wind. Does anyone like wind? I don't think so. Um, But the elements are need to connect with nature and the world. And we're kind of breaking that down today. So let's go. Also, wind is the worst. Welcome to the death of a dream podcast where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because this is the truth of all the work that the death of a dream becomes. And rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons, we've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment and building. We have found a foundation and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you. Heyo! Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast, where we do dreams. I'm your host, Hannah Nuss. Uh, 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 uh. uh, and subject matter anything, including dreams. It gets real messy. I wish. That it was this simple, oh, we just start doing dreams and change our mindset and manifest and all of the sort of hip words that we're using now. Create positivity. It is all of that. No question. Sounds super hippy dippy if you're like on the extreme end of the spectrum of not going after your dreams, of not feeling like you're in control all of that seems like complete BS. It's true. It's real. This is not that false pursuit of that where we just like overwhelm ourselves with sparkly, wonderful thoughts. This is real. How do you transition? How do you get your mind around going after what it is you say you want? How do you get your body and mind to keep moving even when you don't see proof of it happening anywhere? How do you do that? Well, it's movement inspired, um, but mostly we surround ourselves with voices and people who can keep us moving forward that have some check of reality, right? And everybody does, but how many voices have we seen? all of a sudden not have everything going perfectly and crumble. Like, I want a voice. I want someone speaking to me who's actually lived some shit, right? Like, that's what I want. So uh, (laughs) that's what we do. This is the real life approach. It's only followed the real life approach because y'all, it's just literally been my life and coming on here and talking about the things that I'm experiencing as I start on this quest, when I really began this, to create my life, to take control and make my life what I want, to stop living attached to this past, thinking that I don't deserve the things that I want in life because it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to. And so that is this. And part of that became this implementation of greatness grounding. And greatness grounding really is to shift this belief that we all seem to drag around with ourselves that we aren't great enough to do something great. We aren't good enough. Gosh, we aren't even good enough, right? Like Hannah, great. Okay. That's a stretch. We got to maybe be good first. And I welcome you to raise to brainness. Because it is in our daily lives. It absolutely is. And the more that we find those things, tell those stories, assign it regularly, the more that we raise to that occasion. Right? You play to the strength of whoever you're playing. Well, we're playing ourselves in this game. And let's go ahead and make it a challenge, right? Like let's raise up to that great level. And my guess is when you think about your dream life, it's not like this person living their dream life and then coming home and like vegging out on the couch every single night. And, and you know, no, that dream life usually in, even in the visions of what it is, usually comes with the dream scenario of that playing out everywhere. So that person like hikes after work or they they are biking or they're active, right? They're in nature. They're experiencing the world. That's dream life scenario. And how do we go from the exact opposite to dream life? Well, we start assigning ourselves greatness because your greatest self is going to be required in this pursuit. So that's greatness grounding. Now I'm going to go over a strange, great thing, but this is also just a a public announcement for anyone who is venturing into parenting, who is parenting already. I just, this one completely blindsided me and I, I need, I need to make sure that y'all are aware that this can happen. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, My great thing is just being completely hoodwinked, like not even not even being aware of what was happening. And the funniest thing is, I don't think it was intentional at all. So here's what happened. My daughter is on a volleyball team. The kids are older than her. And so most of them have cell phones, right? And they, so they're like, Hey, we should start a group chat. And last year she was on a volleyball team and they started a group chat and M just didn't get to be a part of it because she didn't have a phone. She couldn't, she didn't have any way to connect with them outside of volleyball practices. Now we had thought like, yeah, that's good. Protect her from that. No cell phones ever. She'll never have a cell phone. And then, um, this year I was like, you know what, how fun to be able to to talk to your teammates like we used to hang out with our teammates, right? And like, how cool to, to be connected. How are you going to build and nurture this relationship? Like, you're too busy and all of you are from way too far away to be able to think that you could hang out... A, for more than just at tournaments and at practice. So like maybe the world's just a little too busy for what used to be and that's okay. So how do we connect in this new world? And so I broke down and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you should be on that group chat. And I wasn't like, I'm going to buy you a phone. I was like, just give them my number. You can use my phone You know, a couple times to text if you get something, or then we know that it's this color shirt or whatever. Like, cool, we can do that. Y'all, there is not a second that I thought this through very well because the moment that my phone number was entered into that group chat, I was overwhelmed with selfies, and GIFs, and GIFs, and emojis, and LOLs, and normal age 11-year-old banter back and forth, what's up, nothing, sitting on the couch, hanging out with my dog. Like, it was never-ending. And then that's not even including the multiple, single, one-on-one conversations That were happening outside of the group chat. And it was within all of five minutes that I said to myself, Yep, just getting a cell phone. I can't, I can't, I can't have my phone blowing up like this. This is madness. And I really felt like it was very important to bring this to this podcast because I had no idea. I was just like, yeah, throw my phone number in. NBD, that'll be fun. You'll text a couple of times. No. 11-year-olds come with the heat. They text More than I even realized anybody was capable of texting. I don't even understand most of the things that they're saying back and forth. And it is absolute madness. And in case you're ever in that situation, do not lend your phone number to a nine-year-old, to an 11-year-old, to a 10-year-old, to whoever, to think that they could just quietly participate on your phone in these group chats. It's not going to work. You are going to end up buying the phone about four years sooner than you ever thought you were going to. And you'll get overwhelmed. It's, it's not a great life to live. And w- literally, the phone is coming today. I uh, All of last Saturday, I was like, all right, let's have a conversation. What do we do? Because I'm I'm in over my head. And then I'm like, well, you just leave the group chat. Well, you can't just leave the group chat, right? Like, to 11-year-olds, oh, my gosh, why did Emery leave our group chat? Well, we could explain that this was her mom's phone. And she blah, 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 blah. Well, w- we're in. We're in, folks there's no way to get out of this. right? <laughs> like, I feel like I need to join some sort of protection program I can't handle. And I know very first world problems, very like, very blessed that all the things, that this is something that we could quickly do, that I could become overwhelmed with this and then instantly fix the problem. We're extremely blessed. I live an extremely blessed life. I do not take that for granted any day that I wake up. Always thankful for the life that I get to live, for the blessings, for the, the life that I have been able to create for myself. No question. And the life that has been created for me just by where I was born, how I was born, the family I was born into, everything. And so, like, I get it. But I'm just saying, for those of you who are going to be facing similar circumstances, do not be blindsided. We never even considered, like, it wasn't even on a Christmas wish list, a phone nowhere close. There wasn't a tablet or an electronic device in in sight, in throwing distance. Like it wasn't even a thought. And within five minutes, I am telling you, I was like, well, now she gets her own phone because I can't do this. So just as a public service announcement, unless you want to end up buying your child their own phone, do not lend your phone number to any group chat of children. And it's not like it's the cutest little group chat that I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Um, But it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. And I don't know. It's just, it's funny because like my nine year old and me, we both went in very innocently like, yeah, that'll work. We'll just, you know, you can have my phone for like an hour a night and catch up with all the text messages. It'll be no big deal. And we had no idea. And she certainly wasn't like, I'm going to join this group chat and we're going to blow my mom's phone up so much that she's going to, I'm going to get a phone. Absolutely not. No one, no one could have known. What happened after that? Madness. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just want all of you to be aware it happened so quickly. There was no way to, you know, like quickly recover from that. There was no way to come back out of it. I'm sure that we could have explained to a bunch of 11-year-olds that like, hey, this is on my mom's phone, but then I'm like, how embarrassing, right? The youngest kid on the team is going to be like, I was using my mom's phone to text. And so I had to leave the group chat because she didn't want me to use her phone anymore because we text so much. No, we can't do that. We can't. So um, yeah, just as a, you know, my great thing is being completely blindsided by this seemingly innocent and beautiful way of connecting with people from many different places for young people. That's so cool. You know, like I didn't even, other than I knew that I hated most of the people in the schools that surrounded my area, I didn't know any of them. I wouldn't have been able to know them. A couple of them I got to play with a couple of times, but nowadays, You know, people from all over the state. You might even know people from out of state because you can keep that connection and conversation going. And I think that is one of the really great things about social media, about the ways that we can connect far and wide, stay in contact with people far and wide. There are absolutely bad sides of that, but I think, you know, this is cool. And I'm, um, uh, just laughing at how quickly I was, I was converted (laughs) to the convenience of you just having your own thing. Uh, so just as a public service announcement for anyone that's just trying to do the right thing and, you know, make everybody happy, um, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Do not, I repeat, do not lend your phone number for any group chat that is happening with any children under the age of any children, period, I think. It's crazy how much they text. (laughs) Just don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Uh, So that's my great thing and sort of not a great thing, but just a funny like life moment uh, from <laughs> this week that i never expected. Uh so go ahead and take time for yourself, recognize yourself for your greatness. Ooh, y'all, i i can't even say how much um where i'm at is a blessing, like a complete blessing and it's insane and i Get to connect with so many people every single day. I feel like I'm not even able to connect and expand and build in the ways that I want to because like it <laughs> capacity. <laughs> like there's so much to do. There's so many people to help and I'm the one person. So working on finding more people, but, um, you know, yesterday it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful moment because it had snowed like crazy here. And in my shop, someone had come in and they were just walking. So they had walked back and they were um, looking for a missing glove and they found it and they were like, yeah, when I came back to find this missing glove, I was like, hey, I'm going to stop in that shop. I've wanted to stop in there. And I'm really excited about that. And so (laughs) they stopped in and then I was talking with the two people that were in my shop about like going outside. And, um, you know, one person had asked like, do you live far from here? Could you always get here? Cause it had snowed so much. Like are you normally open even when weather is slightly adverse? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if push came to shove, I could always get here. Like, you know, unless there was a sinkhole or something crazy that split the entire town, I could generally get to this this place outside of like massive massive natural disasters. And so then I went on to talk about how like, I really love being outside. I love like, this has been a complete shift. I didn't used to like to be outside. And now like my preference is to walk, ride my bike, but I have a temperature limitation and I refuse basically anything under 32 degrees. And it might even have to be about 50 for me to participate in outside activity. Um, that threshold has changed. I have begun even venturing outside because I can feel the change in my chemistry, in my body when I am outside in nature, appreciating the stars, the sun, the sky, the, the water, the trees, the animals, the birds, like everything and just taking time to feel small in the grand scheme of things like you can't look up at the stars in the universe for long without feeling like wow amazed right by the the world the vast expansiveness of this universe, of this world that we live in and on, like, you know, I always just, when I am blessed enough, when it's warm enough to walk around town, I just stand and stare in awe of water. Like, water just appearing out of nowhere. Water. Running from anywhere and just continuing to carve out this path like long after, right? Cities have decayed and fallen and grown and and shrunk and like the water's still there. That's crazy. You know? That's crazy and beautiful, and amazing, and all these things. And so here we are, here I am, um, talking about how I love to to be outside if I can. Like working out outside is always the preference just because I feel so connected to the earth, to the, to the like breathing in air, fresh air. It's different, right? And (laughs) so anyways, so I'm talking about that. I'm talking about my extreme dislike of elements such as wind and cold, which I don't know that there's anybody outside of people who just enjoy that, like, crave cold and wind. Is there anyone who likes wind? Seriously. Wind is the worst. And either way, I'm just talking about that. And then this morning I pull up to my book. Oh, hey, book. We about to read. How are you? Cannot wait to dig into you this morning. And right in front of me is this chapter on nature and they go on to talk about this discovery the these scientific discoveries and investigations that point out that when animals are in zoos or like held out of their natural setting they sink Deeper into despair than any animal that they watch and study in their natural environment. And so, if we would just compare that, right? Like a human's natural environment is to be creative and to be in nature right? Not sitting in their car all day in a commute and then sitting in an office and then breathing in fresh air, which is mostly just toxic chemicals as they're walking from parking ramp to elevator. Like that's not what it's supposed to be. And Johan, right? The person who wrote the book will go on to talk about how he had this like adverse hate for nature, like only wanted to be outside when he was walking to and from his vehicle. Like he hates nature. He wanted to be on concrete that felt safer. And so the scientist goes on to explain that like not wanting to be in nature is not a normal human instinct. And it, what the reason behind that really is because of this ego. Like it is an ego thing when we we want to feel safe and secure, and nature is too vast, is too big, can make us feel very small. And so when we're in these depressive states, we're very much in these. Ego, safety, security states where we are scared to experiment and experience anything that's outside or bigger than us. And so, when they're studying these animals, they're seeing that animals in their natural habitat, no matter what, never go as low, never have the depressant and anxiety-filled ticks and um, activities that animals do that are captive. And so think about that. We have a fear of experiencing the vastness of the world when we are too close to our ego, when we are scared, essentially. Because ego to me is just... Scarcity, a scarce assignment. And so we don't allow ourselves to experience the nature. We don't allow ourselves to get close, right? Remember? I, I, if you haven't been listening for a while, I explain in one episode and maybe in a few, that when I went out to Oregon, this was like right before i I started on this adventure. but we were searching for what inevitably was going to save us from all of our anger and despise. And that was leaving Iowa. And so we went out to Oregon and I couldn't even look at the mountains. They were so beautiful. And I could not even look at them because I was just scared that I was going to die. And now that I'm thinking and reading this study, I'm just realizing like I was clinging to my ego. Like I wouldn't even eat outside. Like nature hurt. My body, it hurt my brain, and I think it's ego, right? When you are made to feel small in the vastness of something, you're going to avoid it. It's going to scare you. Like I was scared of my life ending because I was going to look over the edge of this mountain and certainly fall to my death. Couldn't do it. I couldn't even get close. And, like, yeah, scared of heights is a thing, but that's not my thing. This was scared of life, scared of living, scared of letting myself down, letting myself and what I would interpret as control of my life go. And beginning to create it instead of control it and when you are out creating your life you are not scared of the vastness like I sat on a ledge of what is it called in South Dakota? The Badlands sat on a ledge by myself and wrote a, a portion of my book. And that was about a year after I couldn't even look at the mountains in Oregon. It scared me so much. And so much happened to heal and want and crave nature <laughs> again. And that is very much in our human makeup. But I think so many of us just get into these, or I know for me, I just got into this work, grind, repeat, show up, plan for the future, and just get through it. And getting through it meant that I was avoiding living right now and hoping to live later. But The way that that would have played out was eventually me just sitting in deep seats of regret for all of the things that I could have done and all of the people that I could have helped and this life that I could have lived that I planned my way through instead of created my way into. And I would have missed the ocean in Hawaii and I would have missed the mountains in South Dakota, and I would have missed all the mountains in Idaho, and I would have missed all these beautiful, amazing things because I couldn't handle feeling small in the grand scheme of things, feeling small in the vastness of the world, and I would have missed my community right? I would have missed seeing the tiny crick that runs down this tiny town. I would have missed it all. And I don't want that for any of us. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world, changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannahness.channel on all socials. Help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hananess.channel as well. Change the world.